you've been uh you gotten to the point now where you're sick of the mock drafts? Yes. Because I am too. I've been done. I told you these underwear Olympics. I just want to see the draft. I, this is the only. This is the thing that I hate because we spend so much time and we watch. Like you know, we talk earlier to Chase Kitty about you know the Anthony Richardson odds going all the way down to three to one to be the number one overall pick. I don't think it's happening. But this is the type of stuff that gets thrown out there, and then the odds move because you have agents, you have uh, other organizations throwing stuff out to just let's just see if people bite on this. Let's see if we can create a rumor, especially over a couple of drinks. At the combine, like I don't know if you saw this, so it was. I guess it was. It was. Yeah, Matthew Barry put out the 23 most interesting things that he heard at the combine. Mm -hmm. Like, here's one of the things that he heard, and this is a quote from Matthew Barry of NBC Sports: "Quote, my nipples are hard for Alan Lazard." Wow. After a few drinks, Matthew Barry is horny at all times, isn't he? Why is he like this? He wasn't Did the he one to say that. He didn't <laughs> say that. Yeah. Like and, and that was what I thought too. <laughs> yeah, Matthew Barry's like, uh, my, and it sounds That's like something, uh, you know, a, a fantasy or an insider tout. My nipple. I mean, Tristan, you know the great Brad Evans yeah. of Valley of, of, uh, Sports and great content and a friend of the network and of, of, of various shows here. That is something he would say. That's something that Brad Evans would say. Yes, fact, he probably sure has he, said it before, Scott. Yes, uh, he's said a lot of things. God bless him. Mm -hmm. He's incredibly smart, incredibly Loves funny. He's <laughs> hola amigos. That's something that I could imagine him saying. Yes. And when I read that, Trista, I thought that Matthew Barry said that. And then I read a little further. I'm like, no, he overheard someone. Someone, because he keeps coming up to people apparently, and he says, "What have you heard?" Yeah. And that's the that's hey, what have you heard? And that's what 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 they say. I'm gonna do that for the summer league. I'm gonna do this most interesting things I heard at the summer you league. Because you're not a reporter. This is what no. I've learned. People are willing to talk more. Like, I get great inside stuff. Some that I've, stuff that I've never and I never would share on the air about certain players or teams, especially in, in, in D.C., in my time covering D.C. sports. Knowing that I'm not a reporter, knowing that you're not a reporter, people are willing to talk to you more, knowing that you're going to use it as context. You're going to use mm -hmm. it to – it becomes a topic on the show, but you're not going to ever – out somebody a report, this is what I've seen. There are multiple times where I've talked about, and you've done it too, on this show, other shows where it's, I'm not going to say this, but I'm going to say it in a way to let you know, like, my opinion is based on more than just, like, watching, like, I've heard this from somebody. And people will give you a lot, the tea, as you will. The tea. Have you heard, have you seen the show Billions? Yes. Yeah, the the guy who works with uh, the head hedge fund manager, mm -hmm. he asks him this question. And this is how I feel about it when I'm basically not reporting, but I'm reporting. Mm -hmm. I am not uncertain. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, I know this. Yep. I am not uncertain that the Indiana Pacers were very mid on Miles Turner. I am not uncertain. And you can take that however you want. Mm -hmm. But I am, me personally, me, Trista Crick, I am not uncertain with that take. And then there's other things you get that you're like, I'm not even saying that on the air. Nope. I'm not even going to talk about it. Too personal for that person. But I might also just use that into something that's much more general about, right. like, a team's future yep. or what moves might get made. Absolutely. And then, you know, not talk about anything specifically, but my nipples are hard for Alan Lazard is pretty specific. <laughs> Apparently there's a, a lot of organizations that like Alan Lazard this offseason. Maybe the Ravens because they could use a receiver. That's what Aaron Rodgers does. Yeah, he makes receivers better he than does. they are. Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard to the Jets. They have enough weapons. They got Garrett Wilson. <laughs> they always have more. They got stuff. Denzel Mims. They got C.J. Uzama. They got Brees uh, Hall. They got Michael Carter. They got a good young team. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they do. They really, really do. I, I'm still convinced, you know, because, look, we, we've seen 
every mock draft that's out there now at this point, nobody just does, because you know what this draft is going to look like. You notice you don't see any more that are just normal, standard, here's the order of the draft, and then here's what I think is going to happen. They're all mock trades on top of the mock draft. Because this is expected, and it all starts with the Bears. The Bears trading down will start to create moves for other teams or competition. Because when you got the number one overall pick, anybody could jump up. You jump ahead of the Texans, and then you're taking Bryce Young. Then you're, you're taking Anthony Richardson. I mean, maybe there is a team that thinks that they need to give up three first-round picks and a pick swap and another player and a, a fourth or fifth or whatever the case is to move up to number one to take Anthony Richardson. It, there, there is a possibility of that because what you see so much in the NFL is teams are absolutely enamored with physical gifts for a quarterback. And you say, you got the physical tools, we can make you more accurate. We can work on your footwork. We can work on your... Uh, whatever, your understanding of our playbook or make you a smarter quarterback, understanding your progressions, all of those things. There's always a team that thinks that the physical tools are already there. Can't teach size, but you can teach everything else. That's arrogant. It is, but it exists. I yeah. call it Jay Cutler syndrome because for years and years, how many different coaches, especially just start cycling through with the Bears, thought they could make Jay Cutler better? He had yeah. a lot of physical tools, big arm, but just didn't really care. When you spoke to Jay Cutler, though, did you ever think that guy was ever going to be anything else other than complacent? I mean, damn, you watched him on his reality show after that. You're like, this guy didn't care about a thing. He doesn't care about, well, what's his, that's why Kristen Cavallari? Kristen Cavallari. Didn't care about, he was cavalier about Cavallari. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. And she was a baddie. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, He blew whatever. that. He's like, I don't care. Oh, whatever you want to do. Yeah, I'm just, just going to hang out I'll here. be a broadcaster. No, you don't. Stop he it. was horrible. Uh, one of the worst interviews I've done was with Jay Cutler. And you it always comes down to this. There's, I've noticed, you've noticed that, Scott, that it always ends with one of the worst interviews I've ever had. I'm like, that's why you don't but, like this. But person. those are stories we like hearing. Oh, those yeah. are the best yeah. stories. Yeah. It's because, okay, I think about myself as a GM during those moments, mm. and I know there's less of an incentive to be nice, but I'm also an attractive young female. So you would think that maybe an athlete would just put on, on a guy hat and be nicer, and a lot of times that works. Like, Le'Veon Bell did that with me. So... It's one of those situations where if you're a GM and Jay Cutler's giving you very, like, lukewarm vibes, what, what you think you're going to turn him into some fiery, competitive quarterback? Just that, listen to some motivational speeches. Yeah, That's you, all you, you think you can just turn him into that? Listen to listen to The Rock, motivate him just a little bit, and then it all changes. Yeah. So uh, this, this has the – like, Bryce Young probably still be the first quarterback taken. He's yeah. minus 175. And, like, he's, he sat there as the favorite for a while. The only way that changes is if, if a team like – the Panthers are interesting to me because they're kind of out of that range where they've got a real opportunity to take the top two, maybe even three quarterbacks in the draft, and that's not even including anybody trading up. I could see the Panthers getting aggressive, especially Frank Reich coming in. Like, what was said in those interviews? Did Frank Reich say, hey, look, I think this team's got a great run game, good defense. I saw what you guys were able to do, but I need a quarterback. I don't want a veteran because I did that in Indy, and it sucked. It was I want a young guy, and I want to pick who it is. Are you willing to trade up? And we just don't necessarily hear as much about that yet, but on draft day or the day before, are the Panthers willing to go up from 9 to 1 or 9 to 3 Yes. and take a quarterback? They're a wild card to me because they need a quarterback, and they're just kind of out of that range of getting a Bryce Young or at least a C.J. Stroud, too. Yeah, I think you have to do whatever you can to get a QB, and I'm not talking about Will Levis. I'm not talking no. about Anthony Richardson. I don't think you're too close. You you could win this division right now, right now, if you get a quarterback that's able to compete. Horrible division. Horrible. Although a little better with Derek Carr now in New Orleans. Yeah, but it's a throws, better team. But there's a lot of picks, mm -hmm. and Alvin Kamara's a, a disaster. Mike uh, can't guard Mike. He's a disaster. So a lot of their pieces have just fallen off a cliff. Mark Ingram's basically retired.
he's c come back to that team now twice. So that's not a team I have a ton of faith in. Good defense. That's pretty much it. Dan Brugler, or Dane Brugler of The Athletic, put out his mock and actually had the Colts trading up for one for C.J. Stroud. Yeah, which that makes sense to me. That would, and to me that just, I don't understand why C.J. Stroud isn't getting enough attention. I mean, I watched him all year at Ohio State, and I understand there are moments where he can be a little bit, uh, you, you worry about the accuracy at times, uh, some of the decision making, but like you can teach that kind of stuff. I saw him make great throws, look incredibly poised, you know, in their bowl game. I, I watched a guy that looked like he was ready for the NFL. For sure. For sure. I think C.J. Stroud has the size. He has the accuracy. Yep. He has the big game ability. He's a can't-miss prospect, in my opinion. He doesn't have as much upside as, as Bryce Young, but he doesn't have as much downside as Bryce Young either. I mean, Bryce Young, if Bryce Young was C.J. Stroud's size, he would easily be the number one overall pick. Oh, it would not be close. C.J. Stroud's plus 230 to be the number, the first quarterback taken. I don't hate that. Plus 300 to be number one overall. So, so I don't you, hate that at all. I, would, I mean, if you're going to bet him, bet both of those. I would, just, I would bet both. And think that a team like the Colts would trade up and say, C.J. Stroud is our guy. Here we go. That's, like, there, there's, that's... If I had to do, if there was, and I don't even know if this exists, if we can find the market, I'll bet it. For how many quarterbacks are taken in the top 10? Yeah, you'll I be would, able to do that. Yeah, I haven't found that. Is there, I, mean, I haven't It'll seen one out. out there, but I know, yeah, yeah, you obviously, we've had those in the past. I would bet four. Like, if you gave me three and a half, I would take the over. Really? I really think so. I think a team's going to trade up and try to get, or just, even if he falls all the way to number nine, Anthony Richardson going to maybe the Panthers. Or a team possibly trading up. It's just, there's just too much smoke with these quarterbacks. There really is. And Will Levis, like, I understand that people are down on Will Levis and say that he's been hyped up. What I do like about a quarterback in his position is that he, he won and did play well still with lesser talent. It wasn't Alabama and it wasn't Ohio State. No, and he was banged up. And ever since he got banged up, obviously his production dropped. He was not fully healthy when he came back uh, to play football. So... You're thinking to yourself, okay, well, let's look at his stats and how well he played before the injury, and then maybe we can extrapolate that to when he's fully healthy for us, a real NFL team. Now, he played at a big school, but, like, it's Kentucky, you think of a basketball school first. It's not, you know, it's not a football school first, but we've seen the success of at least what Josh Allen has done from a smaller school. Again, not the same level, I get it. That's much smaller even, but not playing around a ton of NFL-caliber talent. And it's not just who you're playing against. It's also who you're playing with. Right. So I just I'm telling you I think this is going to have the feel because there's plenty of teams that needs need quarterbacks and you have it every single year and this may not be the upside might not be there with a Drake May or a Caleb Williams next year in the draft but this draft is still deep enough where you can find quarterbacks that are worth a top ten pick and teams are going to pull the trigger on it. Yeah, I mean the the back to back games between uh, Mississippi State and Ole Miss were you know really clinics. You know he didn't. Didn't have a ton of touchdowns, but this offense that Kentucky had, they basically ran every second off of the play clock. It was a slow-moving offense. That's what mm -hmm. they wanted to do. They had running backs that they were trying to get back healthy. So you look at what he did against Ole Miss. Two touchdowns, no interceptions, 220 yards, 18 to 24. So obviously, and he got to run for, he, that was negative yards for him. But he was starting to feel like a little bit banged up there. Then at Mississippi State, 17 for 23, 230 yards, one TD. Uh, one interception with a long of 50. He's got, he's got some arm strength now. He has mm -hmm. a couple of 70s, some 50, 55s, 58s. So his longs, he can air it out. I think that's probably what they see, right? They look at high ratings. 
high QBRs, not a lot of turnovers, and a guy who got injured and sort of gutted it out. And listen, it could even be a team like, let's say, Tampa trades all the way up from 19 to take one of those guys because we know their quarterback situation is dire Woo-hoo. right now in Tampa. You know, I, I mean, do I'm trying to think of some other. I mean, it could be the Ravens. If the Ravens don't end up moving Lamar Jackson or maybe they trade him on deadline day for one of those top picks, that shakes everything up. The two, the two scenarios to me that can shake up the NFL draft the most are one, the Bears, which is the most likely because they have the number one pick and they should be trading down multiple times but two it's the Baltimore Ravens because if the Ravens decide that they're going to move on from Lamar Jackson now maybe it's just a couple of first round picks because they're stupid enough to just do the you know not non-exclusive franchise tag. they get Anthony Richardson and then, probably. They, and then they trade up they've already he's already met with the Ravens yep he met with the Ravens at the combine makes a lot of sense they like those dual threat mobile quarterbacks they do, they do. and but hopefully they won't they're look, looking for the next Lamar they are <laughs> they are so there's, I, those are the two teams, I think, that can shake up the NFL draft the most. One is certainly more likely, but at this point now, again, if the Ravens were going to sign Lamar Jackson, they would have done it. They would have already done it. Like, there's no way he goes back to Baltimore. I don't see how, unless they just feel so bad about it that they decide, we'll just give you $230 million guaranteed and a bigger signing bonus, and you can have a stake in the team. We're so sorry. We're so sorry we almost ruined this relationship. Did you just say steak? I gave you steak. A steak? Steak sounds good. Medium rare. What kind of steak? What cut? Oh, ribeye. It's a good one. I don't mess around. Porterhouse, one of my favorites. Bone and ribeye, though. Gotta be oh, bone and ribeye. Oh, you know that. Yes, yes. <laughs> Probably some jokes there somewhere.